when you've done a, a week or two week long move for some of our bigger jobs and at the end of the day when the family is settled in and and just letting the air out of their chest and let their shoulders drop a little bit and say like it's done everything's here things it's clean you know you find great joy in that and whether the moving a baby grand piano that your mother and grandmother passed down to you and moving it to your new residence. And it still sounds just as good. I mean, those are things that don't come easy, but when they get done and you see that, that victorious look on the customer's face, like what we did is now complete. It's, it's a pretty cool feeling and it's priceless in some respects. Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the Kamari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified Kamari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Our guest today is Scott Marshall of Morgan Manhattan Moving. Scott first began at Morgan Manhattan over his high school summers as a moving helper where he fell in love with the industry and its clients. Following a career in the corporate world, he currently works in operations, giving him the opportunity to work closely with all aspects of the company, along with the fifth generation of the Morgan family. He says his favorite part is helping customers during some of their most stressful days knowing that they are working with the best and oldest moving company in the area. Welcome to Spark Joy, Scott. Welcome, Scott. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. We are so happy to have you today because we often work with clients who are conmarrying to either get ready to move or have recently moved and want to conmari to tidy up their new space. So we're excited to have someone who's a moving specialist on SparkJoy, and we want to learn more about the moving business and how we can work together to make moving a more pleasant experience. So tell us a little bit more about the work that you do and what your days are like. Oh, boy, I wish I could describe what a typical day would be, but you get to the office one day and you think something's going to happen. And by the end of the day, you've been taken in a complete other direction. But the moving industry is quite fun. As you said, for most people, it's extremely stressful. Those people that haven't moved before, they really don't know how much they might have. And and that's where you really call in the professionals. And Morgan's been doing this since 1851. This is truly the oldest moving and storage company and back in the day with horse and buggies to now with our high-powered trucks, we are moving people locally, uh, interstate, and internationally. And so we cover the whole gamut. Wow. How many moves do you think you usually have going at one time? In a busy summer day, I can look at the day sheet, which we call our daily schedule that our dispatcher has. And there can be anything between 10 and 15 jobs. So that can be a couple of drop-offs and that can be your residential move with uh, you know, a couple parents and children moving uh, neighborhoods. So it really spans many different facets and uh, it can get quite busy uh, during the summer months. Um, but even over the winter and fall period, there are always things going on in the industry. It's a busy time usually for us. Yeah, I can imagine. We both are confronting the 300,000 items, which is the average number of items in an American household. I know we've talked about that stat here at SparkJoy before. 
And I think those 300,000 items are probably small potatoes considering some of the clients that I personally know that you've gotten, Scott. We've worked <laughs> together on several on several big moves and it's always been a really great experience. But I, I know that one of the things that I found most interesting about Morgan Manhattan is that you do a lot more than just move people. Over the five generations that the company has been in existence, you have expanded a lot of your services. I think now you have storage facilities, but you also do restoration work and you even work with interior designers who are, you know, moving things in and out of a home or out of offices or whatever space they might be working in. Tell us a little bit about some of your clients and some of their stories. How do they usually come to you and what are some of the things that people come to you for besides just moving from place to place? Sure. And Karen, you really touched on it there. The breadth of our work is quite expansive. Um, one of the ways that we stay most busy throughout the 12 months of the year is the interior design business. Like you said, um, there are many people that are planning their homes six, nine you know, years in advance to make sure that things are done perfectly. And so what we do in the warehousing part of our business is receive a lot of these items that interior designers are buying on behalf of the customers. So we will take the items from the trucker, we'll inspect them, we'll take photographs, we'll put it into our 24-7 online inventory to let the designer know that we've received something. So there's a checklist. The designer can then request something for the install. It's a really interesting business model that keeps us really busy. And, and our online system is quite impressive. And then alongside of that, you touched upon uh, Carlos Pastrana. He is our uh, full-time restoration specialist, and he is a magician. I mean, he really does it all, whether it be wood refinishing to metal work that has to be done to minor touch-ups to painting. Then lastly, we also have a, a full-time warehouse manager that's kind of our jack-of-all-trades that looks after us, but then also we'll do third-party work for lighting that he's taking down for chandeliers or hanging curtains, um, anything that you can really imagine. So when you say that Morgan Manhattan can do it all, it's really nice to know that we actually do it all um, and, and our customers are pleased with the work that we do. I think it's it's so important to have a good relationship with the people who are moving your things from place to place. And certainly doing installations is a, is a big part of that. And I, I know that in in some of the cases where we've worked together, your ability to do those kinds of things has been kind of the deciding factor for clients. And so, But I'm curious, and I don't know that I have ever asked you this, how many people actually work at Morgan Manhattan? The headcount of the company is rather lean. We have about 50 employees, uh, maybe a little bit less, but roughly 50 employees. Now, over the summer months, we will you know, have some what we probably call part-time hires that will work the summer months, whether it be, you know, high school graduates or college graduates on their way and, you know, trying to make a couple of bucks before going back to college or just to bolster our staff a little bit, because that's definitely when we're most busy and we'll need extra hands. As we said earlier, both Kristen and I work with clients who often are preparing for a move or maybe they've just moved, but they often don't have that luxury that you were talking about that you have with some of your clients who are planning a move well in advance. But what we find is that they contact us because they are really overwhelmed with the prospect of trying to 
you know, address a number of things that they've accumulated, you know, maybe over a lifetime or, you know, over a long period of time. And maybe they're moving from one small space to another small space, or maybe they're moving from a small apartment to a larger space, but the spaces are just really different. And they are having a very hard time making heads or tails about what should go with them and, you know, what they are going to need and what's just wasted space. Do you find that these are some of the things, I'm sure that you find that these are some of the things that your clients are grappling with all the time. What do you see as the most common mistakes that people make when they're trying to get ready for a move? Yeah, absolutely, Karen. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, I would say the most common pitfall that a family might have by getting ready for their move is truly underestimating how much is in their apartment or house. There are shelves and shelves in your kitchen cabinets of china and silverware in, in the bedroom. There are endless comforters and extra sheets and pillowcases and wardrobe boxes of all of your clothing that's on hangers to your sofas and the things that are in the attic and the basement and the garage. So a lot of people really don't understand that all these things that aren't meant to be moved are now going to be moved and have to be packed and they have to be packed safely and in an efficient way so they can get on the truck. So usually our our sales assistants are are accustomed to seeing this and we try to err on the side of caution. If a customer is trying to do their own packing, we'll gladly deliver boxes or um, check in with the customer a week in advance, just making sure that things are on schedule. But oftentimes people don't realize that they still have to go to their job. They still have to pick their kids up from school. They want to come home and have family dinner. And then soon enough, their move is coming up in a few weeks and the packing that they thought they were going to get done is mm-hmm. left by the wayside. So we try to make sure that we're prepared for that. Well, one of the things I've noticed, not necessarily with Morgan Manhattan, but when I have unpacked clients who have recently moved and maybe it was a very stressful kind of spur of the moment move, you know what? I don't care how much time someone has. It's never enough time. So every move almost feels like a spur of the moment move. But I have been kind of amused at times when I've unpacked boxes because, you know, the movers are not going to make a decision for a client. Oh, they don't need these things. But sometimes a moving company is packing up chopsticks and takeout menus from their apartment because that's what was there. And their their job is to pack everything up. So it's sometimes really humorous to think about all the things that you have that you're not going to need in your new place. And making those decisions can be really difficult. But it is so important if you're able to take a look at what you have. And if you're not using it now, it's really unlikely you're going to use it in your new home. So that's one of the things that I always tell clients to consider what they're using and what what they actually need in their current home. And I find a lot of times people have accumulated things over time with the idea that, oh, I might need this someday, or they've saved things, maybe things they've inherited that are completely inappropriate in the space that they're in now, but they think someday this is going to work for them. And a lot of times it just doesn't pan out that way. But they're spending money to, you know, maintain those things. And then, of course, to pack them up and move them. So it's really, you know, and again, I'm sure you find this to be true, that every client is just so different. Sure. I mean, you're 100% correct. And I can say for people that are prepared for their move or that have done it in the past are really good at separating the wheat from the chaff. As you said, they don't bother packing chopsticks. You know, they understand what they truly need and what they don't. Obviously, family heirlooms are important and 
and having a few of them is good to keep with you, but having hundreds of them is not necessary. So what we try to do is if someone's inexperienced on a move, we actually offer, you know, hiring organizers like yourself, trying to figure out what is truly valuable. Am I going to pack this? Do I need someone else to do it? What do you really need? What don't you? Also determining your energy level. Like I said, like how busy is your life? Because packing one closet in your bedroom can take an hour and you get distracted or, you know, you have to end to something else. Unless you've done it before, most people should take advantage of a moving company and and have the moving company pack roughly 80 or 90% of your belongings. And those last 10 to 20% you can set aside for yourself or that'll come in the car and, you know, we'll take care of it sort of thing. But as I stated before, the, you know, shove everything into the attic after 10 years really accumulates. Same with the basement and the garage. So those are always our favorite places when the sales associates go out to see, okay, you know, let's, let's lift the cover on this one and see what we're really dealing with. And people that are experienced know that, you know, not everything needs to go. So that's definitely the biggest difference. I think I might be the, the odd woman out here because <laughs> I actually find a lot of joy in the moving process. I know that sounds really weird. <laughs> but well, that's good to hear. It's probably partly because I moved a lot as a child. I came from a military family, so my dad was a captain in the Navy. And so we moved a lot, different states, from California to the East Coast, big, big, huge moves. And so I found the joy in just kind of caring about my space because I was younger and I didn't have to care about the whole house moving. And I found a lot of joy in setting up and dismantling and then setting up again my room and my space in these unique places. And then as an adult, it became a little less joyful, mainly because I saw the dollars associated with moving. (laughs) And that's probably what led me to Kunmari my space before I moved from Virginia to Chicago, and then continue that lifestyle of tidiness when I moved a second time here, just locally from Lakeview to Wicker Park. So all that to Mm -hmm. say, there is some joy in the process. I mean, it's a transition. It's a fresh start. It's uncomfortable, but it's kind of fun because you're kind of jumping into the unknown. And it just feels like a new beginning to me. So I'd love for you to shift our attention to some tips that will really make this process more joy-filled. Definitely. First tip. I will say if it hasn't come across well enough, will be give yourself enough time, two months, three months. I mean, if you know your lease is up February 1st, reach out to your moving company around the Thanksgiving time. I mean, you should know for the most part, there might be some moving pieces or you don't exactly know where your new address might be, but it would make sense to be as proactive as possible because it's difficult to be rushed when you're going through a move because then things start getting frantic and you can't think right and then life happens and you can't dedicate enough time to it. As I said, you know, separating the wheat from the chaff, knowing what you're bringing, what you're not. The question, does it spark joy, is a simple one, but not so easy to execute alone. Extend your tidying experience by joining the Spark Joy Club. 
our online community filled with our clients, fellow listeners, and Kamari enthusiasts ready to support your journey. If you find yourself buried under clothing, stuck on storage, or pointing fingers at untidy housemates or family members, we want to help you finish your tidying journey once and for all. Support the show at the Joy Riser level and receive access to our exclusive virtual community, as well as the Tidy Home Joy Journal, your number one tidying companion. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click on Join the Club to get started. And now back to the show. Well, you've mentioned the importance of timing, making time, making the move a priority and planning. I definitely want to loop back to that because that's often the piece that's missed when we are tidying with clients. They understand that there's about to be a disruption going on and it's an intentional disruption. It has to happen. It's a transition. But planning is usually the last thing on their minds. It's more like, how am I going to get this done? Or what can I start moving around to get this process started? What's you know a reasonable time frame for a family to plan a move? And when should they get things up and running? And, and in what order? Yeah, you know, months in advance is always best. And we have customers that put in requests for years out, a year to a year and a half out, especially for our big interior design clients that are shipping things that want to make sure, hey, FYI, Morgan, you'll be receiving things for about a year. The install will take you know a week. So we want to make sure that we can get your guys booked for the week of April 1st. And knowing that months in advance for us helps because we have the men blocked off and we know what we're doing. It helps the customer as well, knowing that they have a moving company that's signed, sealed, and ready to deliver. It's funny also where, you know, we do tons of our work in the tri-state area and, you know, living in Manhattan, I'm well aware that every 31st and first of the month, people are looking out, looking to get out of their old apartment and looking to move into their new one. So when we get to the end of the month and people put requests through our phone system or our online, you know, receiving a free quote and they'll put in, hey, I'd like to move in on May 1st. We've had people in February that have been trying to get that mm. date on the calendar. And if you put it in on April 20th that you're trying to move on May 1st, I'll put a pretty penny on the line that we're going to be completely booked. So those dates are very busy. Um, and then it's best to call your moving company early. And I think also there's a lot of details that people don't necessarily think of. One of the things that I try to do is provide like a, a checklist of things to do. You know, if you have kids, there's the schools to consider. And that's one of the first things you want to look at. But homes can be so different. So a heating and cooling system that you might have been accustomed to before could be completely different in your new home. The amount of windows, the number of rooms and the types of furniture that you might need can be completely different. And one of the things I find is that people often struggle with things like the bigger things like furniture. You know, in Kanmai, it's very easy for us to work through the different categories and we go through. And I have to tell you that the most successful Kanmai experiences and my own Kanmai experience when I first became introduced to Kanmai was because of a move and getting ready for a move and not wanting it to be the same old pile everything up in a box and hope for the best when I got there thing. <laughs> Which is, you know, how a lot of people end up moving. But when, when folks have time to go through category by category, everything that they own, 
to determine whether or not it's not so much that it's a part of even their life today, but part of what they envision for themselves in their new home in the future, which really ties into a very key Kanmari concept. But one of the categories involves furniture. And I've worked with a lot of clients who really struggled with trying to figure out what furniture will work in their new home. Now, my default is always, when in doubt, leave it out. So if they're not sure about something, then what I have said to clients and what I have found to be true is that if you're not sure that that a couch is going to work and you have the option of, of not taking it, then don't take it. Even if that means for a very short period of time, you put it in storage until you see if you're going to need it. Or if it's a a couch that you have to have because you don't have anything better, know that you're taking it there for a short time. But the worst thing, I think, is for a family to move into a new home, new space, and to realize that they already are packed to the gills with stuff. How do you advise folks? I mean, you know, as a Conrad consultant, it's very easy for me to say, just get rid of it. You know, if, if you're not sure about it and it's not something that you love and that you know to be useful, then just get rid of it. But sometimes that's not very practical for a family. How do you help clients decide what to hang on to or take or what to leave behind or even how to know whether something is going to fit or not? Sure. Yeah. Well, you touched on a lot of good things. And one of the things when I reached out to the sales team on this and I could have heard them in unison say, reach out to a good organizer. They will do this. Yay. (laughs) But seriously, you hit it on the head. I mean, if you don't need to take it, leave it. But our sales associates, when they'll go out for their free estimates to a customer, they'll look at the origin and they'll also look at the destination if it's plausible. Now, if we're doing an interstate move out to the Hamptons or to Cape Cod or to Florida, you know, we'll use Google Maps and, you know, what do the roads look like? What do the driveways look like? And, you know, if they have pictures of the new residents, then great. We'll look at, you know, hey, will this couch, does it need to be taken apart? Do we need to call a special service to, to rip it apart uh, so it can get through the elevator? I mean, the amount of things that the customer might forget about is something that we have to think about. Take measurements where you can for your buffet table or you know, your, your cabinets, you know, whether it be chests and drawers and, you know, are they, are they too wide? Are they too deep? That's a pretty important aspect of the move. And like you said, if you'd like things to be packed on the truck for the new move for the things that are going to storage all the way on the front of the truck and things going to your new residence on the back of the truck, then we're ready for that. And when the truck leaves on that given day, we can take things to storage for a short duration of time until you figure out what would be the end goal. Well, Scott, as you said, you're there to help. And we can tell that you're really passionate about making this process seamless and joyful for all. So we would love to hear a little bit more about the most rewarding aspect of helping people move and what do you find to be the most challenging as well? Yeah, well, I think we started with this and saying that I think, Karen, you liked moving, which is, or no, Karen, you didn't like moving. And, and Kristen, you you enjoyed it because of your background. So for us, we tend to see most people that are petrified in the beginning. It's the first time they've moved or maybe the second or third, but they'll come to us and say, I had terrible experiences. I tried to save a buck and pinch a penny and it ended up hurting them a little bit. So for us, we find great joy in removing that scared look and 
deer in the headlights of, you know, we're here to help. We've been doing this for ages. We have professionals. We have veterans that have been doing this for 20, 30 years that still come to work every day ready for the next day. That's that's going to be a challenge ahead. And when you've done a, a week or two week long move for some of our bigger jobs, and at the end of the day, when the family is settled in and just letting the, the air out of their chest and let their shoulders drop a little bit and say, like, it's done, everything's here. You know, you find great joy in that. And whether it be moving a baby grand piano that your mother and grandmother passed down to you and moving it to your new residence, and it still sounds just as good. I mean, those are things that, that don't come easy, but when they get done and you see that, that victorious look on the customer's face, like what we did is now complete. It's it's a pretty cool feeling and it's priceless in some respects. That's a beautiful thing. And yeah, as someone who's moved at least 10 times, probably more <laughs> in her <laughs> life, I'd love to ask you this question, which is what is your favorite moving tip? Oh boy, if I could harp on this more and more during this podcast, I would say be prepared, give yourself time. And then lastly, trust the professionals that you've hired. We do this for a living. We like doing this and we want to take that tough move for you and make it seamless. So Scott, we always ask our guests at this very moment, what sparks the most joy in your life? Personally, you know, I'm actually now a few days away from running the New York City Marathon. And so training has been pretty challenging, but I'm ready for I'm ready for that and I'm ready to cross the finish line. Wow. Well, good luck with that. That's yeah. very exciting and very admirable. I'm sure you trained for a long time to get <laughs> to be able to run that kind of link. So, wow. Best of luck. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Scott. We very much enjoyed having you here on Spark Joy. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. You can read Scott at morganmanhattan.com. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how Kanmari has impacted your life. Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and review the show, which helps us reach others along their tidying journeys. To extend your tidying experience, you can join the Spark Joy Club. Visit sparkjoypodcast.com and click join the club to become a member of the Spark Joy community or join us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your hosts, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. Spark Joy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Kamari Media, Inc. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Kamari Media, Inc. or the Kamari Consultant Community.